Hello, amazing parents, and welcome to Parenting with Psychology. I'm Dr. Lindsay Emerson. I'm a clinical psychologist, parenting coach, and mother of four, and I'm here to teach you actionable psychology-based parenting tools from my 5Cs Parenting Framework to help you master any parenting situation. Thanks for joining me today. At Parenting with Psychology, we believe amazing parenting means becoming intentional in your parenting and proactive in learning skills to help you parent more effectively in a way that best fits your unique parent-child dynamic. Before we dive into today's tips, let's take a moment to add a positive spin to our parenting and think about a time when you utilized your parenting toolbox to have a win with your family this week. I'll share one of mine with you. The other day, I was picking up one of my boys from a day at summer camp, and he whispered something to me as I approached about how I should not say anything about the sleepover on the ride home. It took me a second to register what was going on, but then I realized we were driving two other boys home from camp, and one of them was coming to our house that weekend for a sleepover. After we dropped off the two friends, my guy explained that he wanted to be sure I didn't accidentally mention the sleepover and potentially hurt the feelings of the other boy who wasn't coming for a sleepover. This was an amazing parenting experience because it meant an accumulation of many smaller instances where I've gently communicated that our words may accidentally make somebody feel bad and that it's best to show consideration and only talk about fun upcoming events with those people who will be in attendance. Through patient repetition and supportive feedback, it looks like that point finally sunk in. Okay, now let's move on to today's parenting tips. This episode is titled, Solve Your Parenting Problems in Five Steps. I've alluded to problem-solving skills a few times in my previous episodes. You can check them out at parentingwithpsychology.com slash blog slash one for my episode on the five C's to amazing parenting and parentingwithpsychology.com slash blog slash two for my episode titled love balance and problem solving. And today is the day we will talk about the steps you can take to actually solve your parenting problems. A parenting problem can be anything from your child engaging in undesirable behavior like hitting to you feeling dissatisfied with your own daily parenting routine. There are five basic problem-solving steps that I used to teach my severely mentally ill patients. My kindergartner even came home from school with a printout of these steps. I'm not comparing you to a psychotic person or a kindergartner, but perhaps you felt like that during your most frustrating parenting moments. Have you ever caught yourself in a frustrating parenting moment saying something like, well, then you're not going to get, insert child's favorite treat or activity, today, without stopping to think about whether that was the best approach to solving the problem? That's reactive parenting. We all let our emotions get the best of us at times. Having young children can be stressful, and when we're stressed, we tend to overlook the problem-solving process. But taking the time to step back and look more methodically and objectively at a situation can make it much easier to manage. If you think about how you solve problems in your life when you're in a more rational mindset, you'll probably come up with these five steps. But most of us haven't taken the time to step back and examine how we tackle life's challenges. So let's walk through these steps together. In last week's episode, I started covering four aspects of sleep hygiene. You can listen to episode nine called Mastering Your Child's Bedtime Routine at parentingwithpsychology.com slash blog slash nine. I will teach you the five-step problem-solving process using an example of a bedtime problem I encountered with my daughter when she was about three and a half years old. Multiple acronyms can be used to help you remember the steps, steps, scale, etc. I like to use SOLVE, S-O-L-V-E. 
S, state the problem. Without adding a lot of emotion to it, define the problem. In my example, my daughter shared a room with her older brother and had the same bedtime. This had been a perfect setup for at least half a year. And they each fell asleep within minutes of tuck-in time. Then she periodically started having trouble falling asleep and would talk, sing, etc. at bedtime. There was no obvious pattern for her clearly not being ready for bed at her usual bedtime. But it would happen a couple of times a week. The more this went on, the more disruptive she would get, talking louder, preventing her brother from going to sleep, coming out of her room, etc. We went from blissful bedtimes to quite a raucous and unpredictable routine. So S, stating the problem, my daughter does not fall asleep at her usual bedtime. Oh, options. Think of every possible way you could solve this problem, even the ones that seem ridiculous. Openly brainstorming just might lead to other great ideas, or at least add a bit of humor to help deter any frustration you're feeling. Hey, amazing parents, are you overwhelmed by all the information out there about screen time and kids? Confused about how much screen time and what type of screen time is okay for your kids? Do you have trouble setting limits on your child's screen time and enforcing them? I created a masterclass on screen time just for you. In this solution-focused class, you'll get the peace of mind that comes with understanding how screen time affects children and teens and how to get control over your family's screen time schedule to keep screens from dominating your child's life. It's packed with essential psychology-based parenting tools in a very manageable 90-minute class. Make the investment in your family for only $75. Learn more at parentingwithpsychology.com slash screen time. There's even an add-on lesson on managing social media. Let's work together to find the right screen time balance for your family. Number one, change her bedtime. Number two, change her brother's bedtime. Number three, have them sleep in different rooms. Number four, have mom or dad stay outside the room to intervene quickly when disruption occurs. Number five, have mom or dad stay in the room until she falls asleep. Number six, provide a reward for going to bed on time. L, list the pros and cons of each possible option for solving the problem. So for number one, she might be more ready for bed at a later time, but she might be overly tired if she wakes up at the same time. Also, her older brother would not like it if she got to stay up later. Also, her sleep duration seemed appropriate for her age. Number two, brother could be kept up later, allowing his sister to fall asleep with less distraction, but he tends to wake up at the same time every day, so that would leave him sleep deprived. Also, that would eat into adult time in the evenings. Number three, baby brother was already in the picture by this point, so we could move sister into her own room, but then big brother might be woken up in the night by baby brother. Also, sister loved sharing a room with big brother and wasn't ready to move to her own room yet. Number four, supervising from the hallway might help if she's just testing boundaries and isn't too inconvenient for mom and dad, but it isn't a long-term solution. Number five, staying in the bedroom should help stop disruptive behavior, but would be a big adjustment to our normal routine where the kids fall asleep on their own after tuck-in and mom and dad leave the room. Number six, she would likely respond to a reward, but I tend not to like rewarding a behavior that has been mastered. Rather, I tend to reward new behaviors the children are working on mastering, then phase out the reward once the behavior is established. V, Choose the very best one. Pick the option you think will work best for you and your child. 
We chose what seemed like the simplest option that might actually work, and I started lingering in the hallway outside their door after tuck-in, that's option four, so that I could pop my head in as soon as I heard her talking or climbing out of bed and remind her that it was bedtime and their bodies needed enough rest to be ready for a fun day tomorrow. E. Evaluate the outcome. Have you seen the type of progress you were hoping for? If not, return to the previous step and try a different option, then evaluate the outcome. So option four was clearly not the right approach for us. Many nights she would go right to sleep or need one reminder, but on others she would be relentlessly energetic and clearly not ready for bed. So we tried option six, then option five, then option one. Even with a later bedtime, she still had restless bedtimes on some nights. Then we tried option two. We would put her to sleep first, and that seemed to help a little, but she still had those nights where she would be up for a long time past bedtime, so then her brother was kept up too late. Then we tried a variation of option three. We would put her brother to sleep in our bed and then move him into his after she fell asleep. Trying out all these options took a couple of months, and by that time, we were very ready for our easy bedtimes to return, but out of options. So we went all the way back to the second problem-solving step, options, and came up with a new list of options to try. To help brainstorm more options, I consulted a trusted mom friend and gained some great insight into how our bedtime routine had changed a bit since having her younger brother. So we normalized those aspects as much as possible, but still she had these occasional nights of wakefulness until it hit me one day as we were driving around in the afternoon and she fell asleep that perhaps the little cat naps she snuck in once or twice a week could be disrupting her nighttime sleep. She had stopped napping regularly, but if we happened to be out later in the afternoon, she would still fall asleep in the car. The wakeful nights weren't always on these nap days, but I thought the accumulated sleep from those naps affected her sleep schedule. I started actively keeping her from falling asleep in the car, and just like magic, our easy bedtimes were back in action. Although cutting out these car naps was the most helpful thing, we had noticed the benefit of staggered bedtimes. Plus, by cutting out those occasional car naps, she was more tired than usual at bedtime and benefited from an earlier bedtime than her brother. And that was the beginning of our new routine of 15-minute staggered bedtimes between children. Now, this was a particularly difficult problem to solve, which required several passes through the solve steps, some good brainstorming sessions with other moms, and continued brainstorming that led to the aha moment where I realized the car naps might be the culprit and added cutting out car naps to the list of options. If you use the five steps to guide you and have perseverance, even the toughest parenting problems can be solved. Give them a try this week with any parenting dilemmas you're encountering. Using problem-solving skills to tackle your trickiest parenting challenges is part of the Check Yourself category in my 5Cs Parenting Framework. To find more episodes in this category, use the category search menu at parentingwithpsychology.com slash blog slash 10, where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. For more examples of situations where I've used these problem-solving steps to simplify my family's routine, download my freebie called Take Control of Your Family's Weekend Schedule. You can find it at parentingwithpsychology.com slash weekend. And if you're looking for some fun weekend activity ideas for family time this weekend, check out my Treasures Activities page at parentingwithpsychology.com slash treasures. I have a whole category of products to help make your family weekend time filled with fun. Okay, amazing parents, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for being here, everyone. Join me next week where we'll talk about whether your child's room is conducive with sleep. 
Until then, keep up the good work on your amazing parenting journey. You can follow Parenting with Psychology and sign up to receive my weekly newsletter at parentingwithpsychology.com slash tips to be sure you don't miss any of my new tips. My weekly tips are available to read on my website, to listen to on your favorite podcast player, or to watch on YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me more regularly and join the Parenting with Psychology community, follow Parenting with Psychology on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. It would mean the world to me if you would take a moment to rate and review this episode to help it become more visible to other parents. Finally, a quick legal disclaimer. Please note that the advice provided in this episode is different than therapy and does not serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you or your child have concerns or need further parenting or personal support, please contact a physician or other qualified local health professional. See you next week, amazing parents.